0: passengers may i have your attention please take your seats and secure your seatbelt. the ride you're about to take will be unlike anything you've ever experienced before they are the mics on mics and this is drive-by
1: welcome welcome i am mike J. he is my guest we are the mics on mics and this is the best wrestling podcast you haven't heard of until today. How's it going, Mike? Oh man, I'm
2: actually having like a really good day. I've been having like a terrible week. It's a fucking terrible week, right? Every Thursday is always a bad day for us at work, right? And so this week, Tuesday was not great. Wednesday was very bad and my coworker was like, "Man, I think it just transferred like the Thursdays transferred to Wednesday." And I was like, "No, nah, my dude. Uh, I said, I was like, that was Wednesday. I was like, yeah, it seems that way. And on Thursday it was looking bad and it was bad. And he was like, man, so I guess it didn't transfer to Wednesday. And I was like, no, nah, dude, what, uh, what we're actually having here is a legit bad week. <laughs> like...
1: <laughs> well, I, I feel you on all of that. I actually had a pretty bad week that was. Highlighted by something really cool that actually turned into something not so good, which I will explain off air to you. Little teaser for everyone. Not a teaser because you will never hear about it. But Mike will, so, haha. Anyway, Mike. Oh, we just did like Conrad does where he's like, we'll talk about it off air. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, NXT, man. Let's get right into it. And I'm going to be real front and honest with everyone. I didn't get to take notes. I want to kind of just touch on some highlights because it was an amazing show. There's not a lot to really critique. There's a lot to talk about. But we're going to condense it because I have to, you have to, we have to talk about blood and guts. So we're going to save a little bit more time for that. And we're going to do something we haven't done in a probably longer than we should have. We're going to spend some time because... SmackDown, unfortunately for us, on this show as a subject matter, it's kind of like the redheaded stepchild, which is unfortunate because I'm really starting to lean towards SmackDown being the best wrestling show on TV as a as a production standpoint, as a polished product that draws millions of watchers, or it, it just is. So let's roll into NXT, Mike. We had title matches, we had storytelling, we had a, a false Count Anywhere and a street fight, which I was kind of leery about that booking and being on the same show, but it actually neither one took away from the other, if that makes sense. Uh, Swerve Scott beat Leon Ruff in a False Count Anywhere match, and we were then introduced to Swerve's uh, faction, I guess we'll say. Okay. So this was uh this was a really fantastic Fall Scout Anywhere match, which with which ended with the debut, I'm gonna say, of AJ Francis, who if you watch the A&E show where they hunt for the old gear, he's the guy that does it. And it always said I watched the first two episodes, it said, uh, WWE superstar in training. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> I've never seen him before ever. Well, here he is. Uh, Swerve is saved by, I guess, saved by him, helped to get the win by him, and later on we get a little uh, talking segment, promo segment with these guys in the back, it's Swerve, it's AJ Francis, uh, and there's another guy and a female, and I apologize, because I didn't catch their names, like I said, I didn't take notes, I think the one guy is Shante Adonis, and I'm not sure who the female is, but... Together, they look like a team, they look like a stable, so I'm excited to see where this goes, and I'm all for, I'm a faction guy, I enjoy factions, Uh, and with the Undisputed Era being over, I think NXT has room for another faction, and they're all seemingly heal right now, but that's okay. Uh, Let's see, we got more Ted DiBiase, Mike. Nice, I'm very happy by this. Cameron Grimes gets a win earlier in the night against the debuting Asher Hale and Cameron's talking about how he's going to go celebrate. He does a little promo in the back and I show up and he does a little thing where they're saying they want to join him at the party at the VIP room and he says, "I only got room for 3." And they look excited. He says, "Me myself and Cameron Grimes to the moon." And he walks out. <laughs> and then he's later outside the club arguing with the bouncer and the bouncer won't let him in and he's saying I'm Cameron Grimes I went to VIP booth he's like Mr. Grimes somebody already bought rented out the whole building or bought out the whole building and a limo pulls up with a big dollar sign on it Ted DiBiase gets out and says everybody's got a price and gives his famous laugh it was fantastic we leave the shot with the camera zooming up to the sky as Cameron Grimes yells to the heavens, Ted Aussie! It's fantastic, Mike. This is
2: maybe one of my like, top three or four favorite things going on in wrestling
1: right now. Like, this gut... Every time they do these segments, Bleacher Report gives it, like, C grades, and I just don't understand it, because it's fantastic. I don't know if they're cause, like, well, it's too sports entertaining, but you know what? This is the sports entertaining shit that works for me. It's fantastic.
2: I'm a uh, known uh, opponent of sports entertainment shit, and even I like this.
1: Yeah, when it's done right, it works, and this is working. Uh, let's see. We got to see Thatcher and Champa in action. They actually went against Grizzled Young Vets in a very good match. And got the victory because I believe Ciampa took, uh, oh my gosh, Wade Barrett's shoe off and hit one of the GYV in the head behind the rest back, and they got the win. So that was from the promo last week, which I didn't really get into, where they talked about people in England taking their shoes off to insult them. I don't know. That's not an American thing. So someone else can explain that, I guess.
2: I fucking hate in wrestling when they use a shoe as a weapon.
1: I do too, but this actually worked out. Um, We also had a neat little segment where Johnny Gargano's busting into William Regal's office. Scarlett is sitting there. This is a little bit of a throwback to maybe a a bit of an Attitude Era, but more friendly as Austin Theory is looking at William Regal's brass knuckles as Scarlett's sitting there with half her chest hanging out. And he's saying, those are so big. Are they real? Mm. <laughs> uh, you know, and she looks appalled. And William Regal looks appalled. He's talking about the brass knuckles. But, you know, long story short, uh, Austin Theory is going to face Karrion Cross next week and die. Mm, yeah. And later in the night, these two actually end up attacking Karrion Cross while he's having a segment talking with... Scarlett that then ends up with Kyle Riley confronting him, with ends up with Pete Dunne confronting both of them, with then ends up with Finn Balor confronting all of them. So the NXT title picture looks interesting and fun, and I like that. Ah, uh, I just I just like what they're doing right now. Yeah, they're they're trying to build the division up. Uh, they have guys that. Maybe the fans always thought should be there that weren't, that are getting that spotlight. Of course, hey. you have to keep Balor there. Exactly. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, Saray got a win. Um, we're also furthering the Tony Storm and Zoe Stark story with some backstage stuff. That's all good. L.A. Knight got a win over Jake Atlas. Uh L.A. Knight is a fantastic promo. I've also learned from one of his interviews that when he's doing the walking promos in the back or walking to the ring cutting a promo, he's not scripted. He has free reign and is doing what he wants to do. And it's fantastic. He's, he's okay in the ring. I haven't been blown away. I've been a little impressed with the in-ring stuff, but not like, oh my God, this is the next, you know, AJ Styles, but on the mic, man. All I can think of is a rock, and that is a tall, tall uh, measuring stick.
2: That's a lot to put on someone. That it is, is. It is. A big, big measuring stick indeed.
1: So let's see. We also get setups for next week. Uh, Kashida is going to put his Cruiserweight Championship up against Escobar hmm. for his rematch. And Raquel Gonzalez is going to put her title on the line against Mercedes Martinez. So we have all we have a pretty interesting card already for next week as it's stacking up. Uh, and we get to the main event, which was the NXT Women's Tag Team Street Fight for the titles. Our champions Shawnee Blackheart and Ember Moon, or Fire Pit against the Way in Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. This was a damn good match. We also got segments earlier with uh, Candace and Indy. Austin and Johnny left because they said it was their night. Um, and then we get a segment in the back where they're walking into the women's locker room and there's a picture on the chair that Dexter obviously drew for Indy and... Candice is doing everything to distract her from seeing it eventually hides it. And then, of course, Dexter is looming, which is creepy because it's a locker room, but looming through the door. And she distracts her so she doesn't see him and then walks over and shuts the blinds. Uh, this stuff, again, I love what they're doing with the way. I like the way they're including Dexter Loomis in it. This match was fantastic. Uh, Shotzi did a... Dive off the scaffolding that's outside the announce table again. She's just, I know that you think she's cheese, and I understand why you say that. But this chick reminds me of Mick Foley, which maybe isn't very good for her long term. But man, does she wrestle with that reckless abandon that you don't really see these days? And I'm all for it. However, we have new Women's Tag Team Champions, Mike. I did see something about this. The way Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell defeat Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart to become the third team to hold those titles in their short lifespan, I want to kind of bring that up with you. So, these titles were introduced after the tournament. Now, what I've heard and gathered is the winner of the Dusty Classic was supposed to get these titles, but, uh, you know, real world, COVID, they weren't done. So instead of saying they were going to be the tag team champs and not giving them titles to actually carry, they did it the way they did it, so I get it. And then of course right away they lose that night, so we have new champs, and now we're changing them again. I don't hate it, I just sometimes think maybe we need to establish these brand new belts, and they're kind of three, three champions already in the, what, three or four months they've been around. Yeah, is it too it's,
2: much? It's Oh uh, yeah, it's too much.
1: Do you think... <sighs> with Johnny having the North American title, I, I like that the way it gets this highlight because they are one of the best things on NXT right now from top to bottom. From in-ring to promo to skits and segments. So is it maybe just a way to shine them and maybe they get a long run? Like I think they need to have these titles for a while.
2: It might just be a way to build this unit.
1: Yeah, and if that's the case and they keep them on them for a while and they make them a dominant force, and I don't even care if it's dominant because they're better than everyone. I'm okay if it's dominant because they're better heels than everyone, if that makes sense. I know it makes sense to you. I'm all for it, but keep these titles on these two for a long, long time. Let's not split this group up anytime soon. I love it, and let's have a... Long, long uh, reign with the way uh, and and gold. Austin Theory is now the only one that doesn't have any title. So how about that?
2: Well, man, maybe he'll win that NXT title. Uh...
1: Yeah, I'm sure he will survive against Karrion and Cross the next week, right?
2: Yeah, he might be carrying Cross next week, and then that'll give him a title shot. You know, be...
1: <laughs> I wouldn't count those chickens, Mike. We need to get into it, AEW. Blood and guts. I watched all of this. I know you really paid mostly attention to the actual blood and guts match. I actually watched so, more of the show than I thought.
2: <laughs> now that I'm looking through like everything here on it, I actually like watched more of the show than I thought.
1: So um, I have a few notes. Let me let me just start this. I know the match. The night started with the tag match that we set up last week with Kenny Omega and Nakazawa versus uh, Mox and Kingston. Right? Did you see um, any of that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I thought this was fucking dumb. The way it was done,
2: the walkout and coming back.
1: Everything about it was just all over the place, made... I get what they were going for, it just didn't... I'm be honest, man. I'm not digging anything about Kenny Omega right now.
2: I... The character... Okay, first of all...
1: The character's off-putting in a bad way.
2: I've Yeah, okay, so there's... I've got two things to say. The character's off-putting in a bad way. That's 100% accurate. Um... Secondly... Um... There have... There's no... They're not putting him in the ring with people on his level, Right. Right like, John Moxley, sure, man, John Moxley's star level, star power, John Moxley's right there with Kenny Omega, um, in ring, not at all, man, and they keep putting, like, he's not having, like, great, ma- like, you know who he needs to be de- having, like, feuds with, man? Fucking Pac, fucking Penta, uh, people, any, the whole fucking Death Triangle, People that can keep up with him in the ring. I think that's why they're going with this. The competitors they're having next week. I, it re- regardless of who wins, we'll get into that later. Orange Cassidy. Or yes, we will. Hawk. Those are people that can keep up with him in a ring. Um. The character itself, though, like everything they're, the entire thing they're doing right now with, I guess you could call it the Bullet Club. Is just not enjoyable to me. They're they all they all just kind of fucking suck.
1: Yeah. It's just it went from a really cool idea to how is this gonna affect both companies to we're clearly seeing this is just to get Omega over and let him play with all his friends and be damned anyone that's in their way, like the impact title that was then i saw bully ray tweet out about the fact that nakazaga whatever you fuck you pronounce his name carry that title out and how impact should be pissed and i don't necessarily agree with what he's saying but i get what he's saying
2: i think as a guy who held that title i think he's speaking yes. with a, like like that's the point he's speaking with a little bit more emotional attachment to it and with that said I kind of agree. I'm like with you, man. It's like, I don't disagree, but I also don't like agree. Like, I get it. You're speaking from a passionate place, man. That was what, that's the belt that made you a fucking world champion. That's what minted your career, made you not just a tag team specialist.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: I, I get it, man, but I, I thought it was kind of a neat thing. Like, he's got too many belts, man. He's got to have a motherfucker him carry him. Um. That's what I thought was neat, and I still like the idea of this belt collector thing. I just don't like how we're going about it.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, it's a great idea. Boy, this is kind of the story for the show. Great idea, maybe not done properly.
2: Exactly.
1: So, <laughs> oh boy. So, anyway, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was a little, a little bit much for me. I didn't. The the tag match just didn't need to, didn't need to happen. Uh, The tag match. I don't know. Look, I'm not saying the match itself didn't
2: need to happen, right? The match itself needed to happen to further a storyline. It needed to happen. They needed to have this match. They really did because they don't do things like this regularly, which is have a fucking match Um, when you should to further a feud. So like I'm gonna give him props on that. Like the match was needed. The I don't know, man. Like you didn't have to have. It just didn't need to be done that way. Even Bleacher yeah, Report hated <no>. it. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. Good. Well. Uh, did you see any of the? <clears throat> excuse me. Cody and QT match. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I. Did. I... <laughs> You know that I'm not a fan of QT, like at all. No, and I don't think anyone is. I think, the... <laughs> See, I think Cody Rhodes is, which is why he's fucking having a match with him. Uh uh-huh. Uh, you know i I have a love hate relationship with Cody, because. I, I really enjoyed him in WWE. I even enjoyed the Stardust character. I've said this several times. I liked him when he was independent. I saw some of his Ring of Honor matches. I enjoyed him at the first All Out. All of that stuff. I didn't see a lot of his New Japan stuff. But, man, he just seems to be so pompous since all this started. And it's a turn off, but whatever. I still give him time of day because I still have a place in my heart for him. You know what I mean? But I was watching this match, and I'm trying to enjoy it, and I'm not trying to sound all Jim Cornette here, but when I saw, of all people, QT Marshall kick out of a tombstone followed by a crossroads, I just didn't get it. I didn't get a lot of things about this match. (laughs) And then where does the blood come from? How did that happen? Because I missed that. It's Cody! (laughs) <laughs> Cody. It's what we do. I I guess. Like, I'm I'm watching this, I'm like, is this a cut that was taped shut that was supposed to bust open earlier and didn't? Now it just popped? Cause I didn't see any contact. There's just blood gushing down his head. I, I was confused by this whole thing and did not enjoy it at all. Uh you know what I found confusing was the end.
2: When Anthony Gogo came out. And punched him in the gut? And punched him in the gut, right? Which means... Which means... That we're continuing this, like... Nightmare yep. Family versus Factory feud, right? Which
1: actually... So, maybe we should give them credit, because Cody's feuds are like usually just one week.
2: Well, yeah, we'll give them credit for that. But I'm also saying, so if that's the case... Right? We're furthering this feud... He already took on the leader, so why were we going backwards? Yes, exactly. And <laughs> why? There's that. Okay, so I've got that was one of the things. The other thing is, why Why did we need to beat QT then if we're going to continue this? Wouldn't it make sense to let go-go come out and punch Cody? Punch him
1: in the match, and then the QT match, gets the
2: win. QT gets the win, but yeah. um, instead, Cody had to come out and be like, hey, look at me, I'm Cody, and get the win.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, okay, so I don't know. I might have missed a match. I know there was a Varsity blonde tag match, right? Cody
2: Rhodes only loses when he needs to leave like t- like the sh- like TV for a bit because he's got something better to
1: do. Yeah, I know. Weird how that works, huh? Yeah. <laughs> actually let me correct what i just said uh this was a four four team tag match is that what this was that's what this was yes
2: okay we're skipping so, over scorpion sky and ethan page beating up uh, darby allen but like who cares
1: right? uh he yeah i mean i didn't take notes on it because i didn't there wasn't really much to take notes w- uh with um that bump was pretty scary which is all the more reason that something later just doesn't work. Uh, I didn't watch this tag match because I just didn't understand why SC. I knew SCU was going to win because I didn't understand why the number one ranked team had to fight a match to be declared the challengers for the titles. And on top of that, they have that whole stipulation where, well, if we lose, we're never going to be a team again. So I was just like, well, SCU is going to win. I have no reason to watch this. And I skipped it. Okay. Yeah, I didn't watch it either. <laughs> so I wanted to bring this up.
2: I, just want, there I was, was just a trying Mir- to get to the good stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, me too. There was a Miro promo before the Blood and Guts. Um, I never noticed this before. But it appeared that Tony Schiavone was mouthing all the words that Miro was saying as he was saying them.
2: Oh, I didn't notice that, but I'll go back and watch it take a look at it again.
1: It's not the entire promo, but it's bits and pieces, and so I'm, like, sitting here thinking, is he reading off a cue card and he's reading them? Is it so... Because we hear all the time, well, we don't have scripts. We don't rehearse. It's just off the cuff. There's no possible way, for Miro at least, because he's literally mouthing it with him. I I, I watched, did you happen to catch the HBO Max Fresh Prince of Bel-Air documentary they did a few no. uh, months back?
2: No. Huh?
1: It's really good. Uh, but they brought up that apparently the first season or two, maybe, Will Smith was doing that. Uh, he would mouth other people's lines because he would learn the script, like, front and back. And then he would end up mouthing people's lines, and they would always catch it because he always did it. And they would yell, like, yell at him, like, you gotta stop doing that. And it's probably something, as I watched it growing up, I never noticed, but they showed it on the documentary and it's clear as fucking day. And that's what this reminded me of. I'm like, he's mouthing Mira's lines. Like, what is going on? I don't know. It just stuck out. Uh, I'm glad that Miro's doing something that seems more important. I just don't know if it matters now. Uh, if he beats Darby Allen, I'm all for it. But, I'll also say this. If he beats Darby Allen and we need Rusev, oh, sorry, <laughs> Miro, to be the beast that he should be, then he better have that title for a damn long time and beat everybody's ass for it. So, I mean, like, I think he should...
2: I, I'm i all for him winning the title. Um, mm-hmm. All fucking for it. Uh, but, uh, I just want to point out that he's still just going to be a mid-card champion.
1: Oh, I knew that's what you were going to say, and you're spot on. So, what you're saying is... Maybe Vince is right sometimes? I'm not saying Vince is right sometimes, man. <laughs> uh, I'm
2: saying that he is in the same spot he was in.
1: I actually disagree. I said that for the laugh, because I actually think, and it goes to the whole thing where Vince didn't like the Rusev Day idea, I still feel like Vince saw him as a monster and wanted him to be a killer and didn't want him to make jokes.
2: Hey, I mean, like,
1: I understand that.
2: I get it. That's Here's the thing, man. I'm not even saying either one of them is right or wrong. If that was, like, mm-hmm. Vince's vision for the character, then right on. And if Miro himself personally just doesn't want to, like, be that all the time, then right on for you, man.
1: Yeah, no, uh, I'm with you. Mike, do you want to get into the uh, Kenny Omega promo before we do Blood and Guts? I mean, we can. Kenny
2: Omega had a promo. <sighs> You sound
1: so fascinated by it.
2: He came out and had a promo. He's the wrestling god. He's the greatest thing that ever happened to wrestling, and he's going to be defending the title against. Well, I'm going to go ahead and assume Orange Cassidy at this point.
1: Oh, um, well, it has to be right after that promo. It has yeah. to
2: be. Mm-hmm. So uh, Orange Cassidy came out, and he basically was like, "Oh, because Kenny was like, you know, basically like let's just, just announce it's me and me and." pack right now, like, I mean, like, fuck Orange Cassidy. So Orange Cassidy comes out, and they have a little showdown, and then we went to commercial break.
1: I I didn't like that they basically, I mean, they telegraphed 100% that oh, 100%. Orange Cassidy was going to be
2: Right there, they were like, punk. Orange Cassidy is going to be facing Kenny Omega at double or nothing. Right there. And and,
1: they and, and I'm just going to be honest. The first problem I have with that statement is that to get there, he has to be Puck. Yeah. Or Pack. Or hey, here's or, the thing. or however I, you want to pronounce it.
2: I like Orange Cassidy. I like Orange Cassidy a lot. As a matter of fact, I like Orange Cassidy so much. that When I was watching this episode this week, I was like, I might be Orange Cassidy for Halloween this year. Um, but... I uh, don't like him enough that I want him to be who I personally think is the best in-ring performer in the company and one of the most underrated wrestlers in the world right now, even though he's pretty fairly well-rated, I guess. I just think that he... Oh, man. I think he should be main event in this fucking company. I'm sorry. It's a personal feeling.
1: Hey, right. I get it. Uh, and then it's just Orange Cat. I don't know. I, I just, I understand the love for Orange Cassidy. I just don't understand. Like, if you have Pac versus Omega for a show like that, and maybe they're bullshitting us. Maybe it, well, that is what it'll be. But if it seems like you're going to get Orange Cassidy versus Omega in a big show like that, It just once again seems like that we're going to see how much silly shit we can get away with, right? That's 100% what it seems like. And and I don't get, like, I'm not saying. It'll be a comedy match. And I'm not saying that it couldn't be a good match. What I'm saying is, from everything I've seen, I don't feel like that's the match I would pick, especially for a big show. For a dynamite, sure. For. Double or nothing? I don't know, man. Actually, I don't think know. it would
2: probably make for a great fucking match, but not something I want to headline one of your, do you know, your big shit. Do you know
1: Orange Cassidy? You know Orange Cassidy is 40? Yeah. Captain Russell. I had kind of no idea. I, I had a zero idea on that. All right, Mike, do you want to uh, go into our main event of the night and the reason that everybody is here to hear what we have to say? About blood and guts. Blood and guts.
2: Okay, let's talk about blood and guts. Um you know I said this to someone at work the other day. You know what's cool about war games, man?
1: What's what what's cool about and war I'm, games? And I'm and
2: I'm counting blood and guts as war games, right? It was a war games match. I'm talking about like war games matches. I'm talking talking about like the brand name war games. You know what's cool about war games matches, Mike?
1: What's cool about war games
2: matches, Mike? Even when you watch the worst televised war games match of all time, it's <laughs> it's still a war games match. It's still fucking entertaining as fuck, man. Still yeah, entertaining. As yeah, fuck. I agree with that. And I don't know if this is the worst enter- like televised one of all time. I haven't seen all the war games matches that were done throughout history, but ah uh, nah man, this ain't the worst one. I will take that back, bro. Some of them ones in the mid 90s there with Hogan. <laughs> in-
1: infinitely worse than this. Um listen, I have no doubt that there's something in the WCW archive that is way worse than anything that this could have been if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, that's just the joke <laughs> I'm making. Um this I, I I enjoyed it, man. Like I like 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 if we can remove the ending from it all I enjoyed this match. I've got complaints about it. Sure man, it was sloppy as fuck. Super sloppy. Um but with that said, I'm not gonna let you skate away on this one, Mike. I'm not gonna let you skate away on this one. Cause a couple months ago WWE had a hardcore esque match and I complained that it was super sloppy.
1: You remember Which you... match was this?
2: Uh I can't remember. I know we were talking about this, though. I remember talking about
1: this. Uh probably what I was just going to say. And uh, you said 'cause this was let me let me let me see if it was what I was just going to say when I just said this was super sloppy. But in this kind of match I don't necessarily hate that.
2: There it was. Okay. So I wasn't gonna let you get away with it on this one.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I, I um... The only thing that's what I was gonna say. That... It was sloppy, but like,
2: you know, like those things are excused in these types of matches for me. But it was a yeah, bit Yeah, me too. It was a bit too sloppy. You know what I well, mean? Like, he, this even is for what I was gonna a match say. They like were... this, it was a bit too much.
1: There were certain spots that were I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. That were sloppy enough that they were too dangerous to be that sloppy, if that makes sense. Yeah. A couple of the, like, rope spots that Sammy did, like, scared the shit out of me. Um.
2: Yeah, he's a terrifying wrestler. I love Sammy Guevara, but, like, goddamn, watching him sometimes is terrifying.
1: And just, like, things that you would have thought they sh- planned out or tried look like maybe they didn't. <laughs> Especially one huge thing. Uh, <laughs> But I don't know, man. Like I said, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna shit on them for having a sloppy war games yeah. match. It, it, it's, it's yeah. a, it's a crazy kind. It's almost, in, it's. I would say it's probably almost impossible to not have slopping matches like these. Well, yeah. Um,
2: also, look at the level of like bodily fluids that were in that ring.
1: Yeah, that was a, like Every, everything was probably very slippery and sticky. And I get. It's Blood and Guts. That's the title. Let's get some blood in there. And I don't... I'm not anti-blood. I'm anti-blood for no reason. Does that make sense? Yeah. And... Most of these... I mean, everyone was bleeding. And most of them, I didn't even see... Kind of like the Cody match earlier. I didn't see where it even came from. Like, there's been... NXT War Games matches where someone's bleeding, and I think it was a accident. Like it wasn't, they weren't supposed to bleed. And even then, like uh, what happened? I didn't see what happened. But then they show a replay, and I saw. Okay, that's what happened. But that never happened here. <laughs> so no, there was a just, lot of blood. It was, was just, just unexplained. Like it was like, oh, you're in a cage. Cut your forehead open. Awesome. Like, so that was weird. Uh, Again, didn't ruin the match for me. No. And...
2: Um, My only other complaint is I felt, other than, you know, what we'll get to, um, I felt like once the actual match started, you know, there's two halves to a WarGames match, you know? Um, There's the first half where everything's meaningless. And then there's the actual... The second half, which is the actual match. Um, it felt like once they got to that second half, it just was like kind of rushed through. Yeah. Now
1: oh, I, I do want to ad.
2: add. Oh, hold on. I made two quick notes on this on my phone. Fuck, I'm so glad I remembered these. Fuck, I'm so glad I remembered these. <laughs> um, did I make two quick notes? just one. Uh, just one note here. Uh two notes actually. Uh Jake Hager looked like a fucking million bucks when he entered the ring. Um that dude shit-housed people like like it was a fucking action movie scene. Isn't that how he should be all the time? All the fucking time. Why are we not getting this all the fucking time? This dude was amazing. Did you see like the, the part where he turned around and just front kicked someone? It was like the cat was literally like a dude in an action movie fighting a group of people it was fucking unreal he looked like a million fucking dollars and then i got a second note here that says hagar wardlow might be the best big man exchange of the last five to ten years in pro wrestling like the, the the three fucking minutes those two dudes went at it was fucking brilliant. That's what. That's what you. That's like, like you remember when we were kids and they announced the Giant versus Kevin Nash on Nitro. And we were all like, "Fuck yeah!" And it was garbage. This right here, this exchange they had, that's what we all picture when we think of two big men going at it. And we never get it. That shit was fucking crazy. I ain't never seen two big men just like fucking believably go at it like that. It was great. I really enjoyed that now let's talk let's talk about the elephant in the
1: room. Okay <laughs> I have two elephants in the room, and it one involves the blood. Let's just get into that real quick. Um, but it all kind of stems because I saw i I heard people saying that the camera work was shoddy that you saw many people grabbing blades. I only saw Jericho grab it, but man, was it obvious? And again, we're on top of the cage. We're which doesn't that defeat the point of like we always get told by people who are mad at Hell in a Cell what well, defeats the purpose when they go on top? Like, why do they do that? Well, they just did it here. Like they've always gone and on top I get of the it.
2: cage at War Games. That's never it's I, never been about. I, see, no, you're no. Okay, stop. You're doing your thing. You're doing your thing. It's two completely fucking things. <laughs> hell in a Cell is we're fucking trapped in here together. Okay, war games okay. is war games is we start in a cage, but this fucking battle can go anywhere until one of us submits. There've been fucking war games where they like weren't even in the fucking arena anymore. Okay, uh, so I, I guess that's so stop, true. so stop I doing your thing. True.
1: Don't do your thing. Maybe, well, to nope, be fair, nope, maybe nope, I'm just Nope. I'm nope d- ah, just, nope. <laughs> maybe I'm just more in tune to what I've gotten used to as war games now with the NXT version, which I think is fantastic. Uh, Without the without the top Um, and I still feel like they did that for multiple reasons one not to look like a a hell-in-a-cell And two to let them do more things off the top because you know, we got to do that Uh... (laughs) But anyway, we're on top of the cage and the camera shot literally just picks Jericho taking the blade out of his tape it makes it stays in the same angle where he's in the submission, and you can see him clenching his thumb and his pointer finger together to hold the damn blade. I and it's just pay attention to any of that. Oh, yeah. And I mean, like, hey, man, I've seen Austin rub his head on his tape, right? Yeah. But I only knew what that was because when I was younger and watching it, I didn't really get it. You know what I mean? And I watched it back. I understand it. And only because I'm an informed fan. But like, this was so obvious that anybody watching this in a super casual form could be like, what's he holding in his hand and why is he taking it off to his head? And why do he take it out of his tape? And it's not, I'm not blaming Jericho I'm blaming the fact that someone Blasted in production, production didn't didn't see, hey, I can clearly tell what he's doing here, we should switch to another shot, and they just left it there. Production. which Which comes into the big elephant in the room, Mike. Production was this, the overall problem with this, wasn't it? This fucking spot. Now, I want to preface it with this, Mike. And for all the people who are so hardcore for AEW that you can't take criticism, I don't think there's one person on the internet, I know from both of us here at this podcast, nobody wanted Chris Jericho to actually fall on concrete and fucking die. I did.
2: No, 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 I didn't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nobody. Okay? So... When we're talking about this and how it should have been done differently, that's not what we're saying. We're not saying the bump should have been more dangerous.
2: It's fake. He should have died. He's a 50-year-old man. It's fake. Right. Real man would have died.
1: (sighs) No, we're not saying that. What we are saying... Chris 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 is a fake man. (laughs) (laughs) What we are saying is there's ways to do this that could have been better. Okay, and I have, I have thoughts. You have thoughts. I, if you, I'll just go. Yeah. The bottom line, the well, I don't want to give the bottom line. I I was talking to the my friend. The line. I was talking to my buddy who is a casual wrestling fan who used to be a super hardcore fan. He'll check WWE stuff out every now and then. He does not watch AEW. He's the one that I said saw something. I was like, yeah, I'm never watching this shit again. I can't remember what it was at this point in time. Uh, I, I sent him the clip I just didn't preface it with anything I just sent it to him just the push and the fall and he just texted me back what the fuck is that <laughs> and of course I ended up uh, talking to him about it and I'm like in the time we talked about it which was like five minutes and he's telling me something I thought in my head here's all you do you make a platform You use balsa wood. You know the stuff they make the guitars that people get hit with out of? They didn't even walk over over that platform, so you don't have to reinforce it. You just put the balsa wood down. You put a, not a crash pad, you put an airbag. Because airbags deflate. That's what WWE tends to use. You put some powder on top of that so it puffs up. And then you take a wide shot. So you see Jericho fall, fall through the wood... He's going to hit the pad, but if you're far away, you don't see him stop. And then that pad's going to deflate. And then, while you focus on MJF, and he's motherfucking Chris Jericho from the top of the cage, you pull that pad out with guys under that platform that you created, and then you reposition Jericho on top of the actual concrete with the wood underneath him, and it looks horrific, right? Yeah, it's pretty simple. I'm not a wrestling producer. I'm not a billionaire running a wrestling company. Why can I come up with this and they couldn't?
2: Well, here's the only problem: it's going to be hard to have all that shit go down with a live audience. But no, it wouldn't. You're under but, the platform, Mike. Okay, so they're under the platform. I was going to say at the same time they're not watching Jericho,
1: man. They're looking at MJF on top of the cage. Right. I mean, W. This it's M- magician Mister X, Mike. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, WWE just did this in Stand and Deliver when Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly went through the platform. It was an actual metal platform. Now, would I want Jericho to fall from that height on metal? No. That's why I say use the balsa wood. It's a lot better than fucking cardboard that's painted to be steel-plated. You know, or just maybe paint the other side of the fucking cardboard, huh? Well, here's the thing. Yeah, but they're calling it steel, and every anyone that has half a brain knows that steel doesn't look like that when you hit it, right? Well, it,
2: it like, nothing crumpled on it, you know what I
1: mean? That's like... what I'm saying, because it, it wasn't. Like, so just say it's a wood platform, and make it actual wood that's soft, that you can break through with minimal injury or impact. I just... I don't understand how this wasn't thought through because you have to imagine they tested this, right? Oh, I feel like this was thought through. <laughs> That's, That's a sad the part. problem, Mike. That's, a sad That's the part problem of the is that I feel like this and, was. And, you know, I see people saying like, well, it's safety. Even our own high fiber, we kind of talked about it offline and it's not, I want people to be safe. I didn't like Darby getting tossed down concrete steps that much because it was dangerous. But you can't, you can't, like if you saw, I saw someone put a tweet out and it was perfect. I saw a lot of tweets that were actually perfect and trying to say the exact same thing that I'm trying to say, but it was like, end game would have been, wouldn't have mattered if it looked like this and it, and the snap was this way and it had Iron Man, Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. With the glove on in front of a giant green screen with all of this stuff on him for his Iron Man stuff. That's the point. Like, this is a live stunt show. Okay? Now, or a live action movie. Let's be even more specific. It's a live action movie, man. So, like, I didn't watch Falcon and a Winter, Winter Soldier and expect to see someone drop, drop off a building and then watch them land on the crash pad, right? Right. Like, it's shot so we don't see that. Y- you know, it's shot so that when the guy hits the crash pad, now we should reshoot a guy laying on the ground dead, or whatever the case may be. So, if you're doing it live, you have to do it a different way, and there's ways to do it. You could even, my I think my idea works fine, you could do, I, you had a similar thing, but just stay away and don't shoot up on Jericho. I saw, it would have been fine if we had a wide angle, and JR said, we're out of time. You know, they showed MJF, he did his thing, and then we're out of time. And leave them hanging, but this was like actually the absolute worst way to do it.
2: Yeah, it really was.
1: I, I just and it, I don't and think, it feeds. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I've been talking way too much. I don't think.
2: I don't think they've got the right people in place backstage. Um, Tony Khan's brand new at this shit. Um, right. And I feel like right now the people that you should really be looking at I don't know who fucking produced this segment. Um but right now I'd really be turning a fucking real eyeball towards Dean Malenko, Arn Anderson, uh any of the old hands they've got back there. Cause this was this was on y'all's watch, man. Y'all y'all should have shoulda known better than this. Like like, I just, I don't even, I'm not putting any of this on, I don't, like, want to blame Tony or anybody, Tony Khan, or, or, it's, this was, the people that produced this, like, y'all should have known better, you should have fucking known better, um, and secondly, this company's starting to show that they have a real, real problem being able to, uh, finish, big matches or come up with good finishes or even pull off what they thought would be a good finish because let's be honest um the death match would have been pretty decent had the bombs gone off. uh this no one would really be complaining too much about this had he not gone through some cardboard
1: that this is the thing too and I'm glad you brought it back to that because... So, Mox and Omega... And it's different because that's... I, I mean, it's kind of different because that's special effects. And was it a failure? I don't know. They say they tested it. It looked great. I still say if it was going to be the explosion that I've seen in Japanese death matches, you wouldn't have had people that close to the ring. But I digress. Uh, but these two put their body through hell for that. And then these two teams put their bodies through hell and again, an entertaining fun match. No, I wouldn't, it wasn't a wrestling classic. It was an entertaining fun war games, right? Yeah, fuck yeah it was. Where they, where they beat the literal dog shit out of each other and that's the climax, man. Like, it's like, I'm, I'm gonna go into your territory, man. It's like when you're just banging the shit out of your wife and it's just so good, so good, so good and then nothing comes out. I mean, that's never happened to me. But I have to imagine that's what it would be like. Oh, uh, no, I man, it's whiskey dick. When you just
2: pound away for three hours and she's like, look, we're done. <laughs> like...
1: <laughs> exactly. It's like so anticlimactic, Mike. And I just, it sucks because I feel like, I mean, in my opinion, and you can call me a hater. I've actually been praising them the last few weeks and enjoying their shows. And I enjoyed this match until the finish. But, you don't... What do you remember, Mike? The end. The end. The finish. And the in in my opinion, they now have this reputation that they can't end the big ones.
2: Yeah, and that's true. That's what it is.
1: It's true, and it's a shame. Nobody wanted Jericho to die. Everyone wanted it to look cool. Uh, the bottom line... And I'll just leave it with this. If you can't do it safely and make it look good, then do something else.
2: Yeah, there you go, man. Like, that's all you had to do was something else.
1: Yeah, do something else. Mike, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to get into a little bit of Roman Reigns. Hang tight. We'll be right back. All right, Lord Ketchum, what's your favorite line from a Star Wars movie? Man, why you gotta put me on the spot like that? No, come on. Tell me a line from your favorite Star Wars movie. (laughs) Yeah. Quick, quick. It doesn't matter what your favorite line from a Star Wars movie is. It is. It does. It not Guys, pull over. Well, hey there. We were so busy arguing that we almost passed right by you. Hey, you like movies, don't you? No, wait, wait. You love movies, right? Why don't you join me? The Lord Ketchum. And me, Dave King of the Road. And me, the Merrimat Lockson, every other Tuesday. <laughs> typically every other Tuesday. Yeah, okay, so join us typically every other Tuesday on Nostalgia Highway, the movies you know from the guys you don't, the No Frills Movie Review Podcast. We bring our own unique and in-depth analysis of your and our favorite movies from yesteryear. We may argue. We will f***ing cuss. We absolutely will spoil key scene reveals and plot points. Because we only review movies that are 15 years or older. Typically we review movies that are 15 years or older. Yeah, typically. Hey, who's making the rules anyway? We better get a move on, fellas. I'm sure there's other hitchhikers that are wandering along the highway waiting for us. You're right. You can catch Nostalgia Highway typically every other Tuesday. On Apple and Google Podcasts. As well as Spotify, Breaker, and where all the other popular podcasts are. But you can also find us on Facebook at Nostalgia Highway Podcast. And our Twitter handle is at HighwayNHP. We'll pick you up next time out on the highway.
0: This show has more leg slaps than WWE and AEW combined. Wait, why? Because it's funny. Leg slaps? Jesus, Triple H, Christ! You you guys really wanted me to read this garbage? Oh, we get. Oh, oh. Yikers! I'm recording. <laughs> This
1: is drive by all right, Mike. We gotta get into our redheaded little stepchild here, SmackDown. Unfortunately, with the nights that it falls on, gets a little neglected. But man, we need to talk about Roman Reigns. We should talk a little bit about that epic match from Friday, last Friday, and just the work that he's done because. As of this recording, Retro SmackDown hasn't happened, and the last match that we saw with Daniel Bryan, possibly in WWE, oh, look at that, oh, uh, was against Roman Reigns, and it was fantastic. They gave them lots of time, they wrestled a wrestling match, there was zero interference to a clean finish, and I just have to ask you, Mike, when was the last time you saw a bad Roman Reigns match?
2: You know, man, it's been long enough that I can't remember.
1: Me neither. Uh, I just don't think... I I think he's getting praise. I don't think we are giving him the praise. We used to talk about Roman all the time, and we are two guys that were not in the fan club of Roman sucks. We were two guys that were like, man, we really like this guy, but his booking's not the best, and now here we are, Mike, and it's absolutely everything I could ask for. Man, let me
2: tell you, it really was worth the 4 years of Rome, uh, of roman mania wasn't it <laughs> boy i cannot <laughs> i can't argue anything there man like it's it's almost like it's almost like why didn't you do this 5 years ago <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah but i'll say this as well dude if if you came to me and said look you just have to put up with this for this amount of time and this is what you're going to get, I'd have been okay with it. Because I'm okay with it now. Roman Reigns is on another level. And I'll go too far to far say, I know you said Kenny Omega is or was or should be the best wrestler in the world. I have to think it's Roman Reigns. Is he a technical like masterpiece like Kenny Omega is? No. But he has absolute amazing wrestling matches, right?
2: <laughs> bro, come on. Uh, you really? Okay. Like, I was with you up to everything where you were like, Roman Reigns is the best professional wrestler in the world. Like, come on, man. Come on, bro. Come on. You, you don't said, agree with that. you going to say no, because Kazuchika Okada is a thing. Okay. But listen. Let, like, okay, come on, let me rephrase man. it. Like, look, let me tell you this. He's the best pro wrestler in fucking America right now. But he's not, like, okay. I, still, I don't think he's better a pro, better pro wrestler than Walter. Like, I really didn't think we were going here, man. Holy shit. You hold dropped the bomb hold on, hold on, on me. Now, do I think he's doing the best character work? Like, top notch? Yeah, he's up there with the best. I'm like, I can't even really think of someone that's got a better character right now. Are his this matches is that, great? Well, Yes, he's putting on good matches. But man, like, come on, dude. Like, I can't get with you What on this. I'm saying... I think he's fucking no, fantastic, no, let, and he's in the discussion.
1: <sighs> but, man, come me, on. Jay White listen. is a thing that lives and yeah, breathes I know. and exists. I understand that. But what I'm saying, okay, and I love Walter, but when you put Roman and Walter against each other, their strength their strengths and weaknesses or the things that you could be better on one or the other are completely different, right? Like, in-ring, Walter, for me, right? Like, overall, not that Roman's bad. I think he's fantastic. But Walter and his style, and he's just, he's Walter. We we praised him a few weeks ago. But I'm saying total package from in-ring to look, to image to worldwide notoriety, I don't think I have a bad argument here.
2: Um, I, look, man, I'm not. Gonna I say understand.
1: Listen, he's not. I know in, you.
2: He's in the conversation I, for me right now, right? He's probably I like know. top three in the world right now, right? I'll give you that. I. Right? I like, I know I'm just, not going to come in here. I can't. I can't I back know, this. I can't back I this. know
1: I'm not going to come in here and convince you that someone who isn't working the New Japan style is better than them. I get it. Look, but it's not I'd even. Say... it's
2: not even the New Japan style, right? It's not even that, man. I just personally think that there is no one better in the world than Okada. And there hasn't been for about five years. And there's probably not going to be for another two or three.
1: And I'm saying from the standpoint of when you put in the world, right? Worldwide recognizability. I don't know if that's a word, but it's the way I said it. And just the whole package as a whole that can be presented and related to me. I don't think there's anyone better.
2: I mean, now that's cool, I'm not man, saying, if that's for
1: you, I know that Okada's is amazing. I also know that I don't watch New Japan like you do, and I know that a majority of Americans don't watch New Japan like you do. You get what I'm saying, mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is the total package, man, from the promo, which is top notch to the in ring, which is below the promo but still top notch, to the the look, the new entrance music. I mean, come on, man! Come on, just, <laughs> come on, dude! Like
2: you can't sit here and tell me, like, no, come on, man! Come on, man! Like I can't. We're, we're
1: gonna we're gonna agree to disagree on this one. I'm not saying, and I didn't say he is. I said I feel like he is. That's my opinion. That's great. And I man. don't feel like, that's great. And like, so I'm the not, fact I'm not,
2: I'm not, I'm not like. Here's the deal, man. I'll tell you this. For the wrestling that I know you watch, you're probably not wrong. Except I still think Walter's better. Um, But, with that said, for the wrestling you watch, you're not wrong.
1: Do you know why Walter, in my opinion, isn't better? Because he's not a better character. And you have to have the whole package, and that's what I'm getting at. Like I really Walter's enjoy awesome,
2: Walter's character. So
1: I like his character. It's just not better than Roman. And, and like I said, it, it's 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 a total package thing for me. And I just don't think you can. I don't have anyone that hits all of those levels for me like Roman does. And I think it's a strong argument. And I think the fact that you said he can be in the conversation says that you don't disagree with me as much as you want to pretend you disagree with me.
2: I don't disagree with you as much as I initially disagreed with you when you said it, (laughs) but I still disagree with you
1: pretty heavily. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, I think he's in the conversation, my opinion, nobody's doing better. Total work. Total work. Look Nobody's on American TV. On America look, I'll probably tell you
2: right now, right now, right now. Because Okada's is kinda off TV right now. I will tell you the only person I think doing better work than him is Jay
1: White. Jay White's an amazing promo. He's great in a ring. I, I I'm just saying because of the worldwide Acknowledgement <laughs> yeah See
2: yeah what I did there. Yeah yeah man that's uh that's great. Uh a lot of people know who Troy Aikman was. He was not any better than Bernie Kosar. Not a lot of people know who Bernie Kosar is.
1: Like Troy I know Aikman. who Bernie Kosar is Troy Aikman, I would Troy Aikman just played I would also man. I would also completely disagree with that, no, but I'm a Cowboys no. fan. Troy so see Troy what waters behind. we're swimming in, Tro- Mike? Troy Aikman you played see behind what waters we're swimming in? One of the best in.
2: offensive lines ever. Troy Aikman's one of the most overrated fucking Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks in the history of the
1: game. Uh, Mike, I don't know why, but we were having a good show, and now you're just full of shit.
2: <laughs> Look, I'm not bagging on Aikman either. I like Aikman. I like Emmitt Smith, right? But I don't think those two guys... I think those guys get way too much credit for what the front uh line did for them. That fucking line is the whole entire reason y'all were good. Let's be real. Emmett wasn't gonna be out there making fucking moves without that line. Emmett without that line is a top twenty quarter or running back and not a top three.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the argument can be made, but then you can take Barry Sanders and say, you know, had he had a line, but isn't that the point? If Barry Sanders played on that
2: team, if Barry Sanders played on that team, he would have had 120,000 rushing yards in his career. That's serious. But, That's a but, real but, number. I'm not even making that up I I, I, I,
1: don't, I don't disagree. I'm just saying the he'd points played, to assemble a team. For, so. He'd play played for
2: 12 seasons and rushed for 10,000 yards each year.
1: I think my yeah. math works on that. <laughs> I, I, You might be a little off, but it's, it's details. Mike, I'll leave us all with this. This kind of swings back to, is it who says something dumb? Let's swing back to Blood and Guts, AEW specifically. While speaking to Entrepreneur, Tony Khan said the following about the differences between him and Vince McMahon. Quote, there's a lot of differences. I don't really do cheap DQ finishes to prolong something. Well, you can't do DQs if the refs don't enforce rules, but... There are other wrestling promotions that you might see multiple DQs and countouts in a week. I believe in giving fans a finish to the match. I believe in not false advertising programs and people. I might hype something I really believe in, but there's a big difference between hyping something and false advertising outright, and I've never done the latter. I think that's why we have a lot of goodwill with the audience. Following through on things you say you're going to do and trying to deliver a show that's in the spirit of what the fans want to see week in and week out and offering fresh matches and fresh programming is a big part of it. You know, not doing the same 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 matches 17 weeks in a row over and over again. I believe that last statement and I agree with it, but then I think of all the run-ins with the Dark Order at the end of every show. And the we don't promise something and not deliver it And these last two big events. Was that awkward timing for that to be released, Mike? Or am I just making something of nothing?
2: I mean, it would have been better if he just said nothing at all.
1: (laughs) It probably would. It probably would. Mike, do you have anything else for these fine, fine people? No, I'm peeing in the sink right now. Bet y'all didn't know that. that.
0: I really really had
2: to pee, my dude, and we're here, like, recording and talking, man, and it's like, I can't pee, like, in the toilet, because, like, all the water will splashy splash and record, 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 you know, and so I am instead peeing in my sink right now, because it's hitting that smooth porcelain, and not making a sound, oh, and actually, it makes, actually, just a little something I'm gonna throw out there for you peeing in your sink is actually uh better for the environment it uses much less water because then all you have to do is run the sink briefly to wash it all down as opposed (laughs) to flushing the toilet which takes like a couple gallons and shit so you're using just like a few ounces of water maybe not even an ounce as opposed to uh the gallons that it takes flushing so just saying man if you're a conservationist there's that also here you hear that that's how much water it takes, bro. You just run the sink that much. Pissed down. Yeah, so. Also, fun fact, if I've ever been to your house, I've peed in your sink.
1: <laughs> Mental note. All right. Done and taken. Guys, I say it every week. It's been real. It's been fun. We will catch you next time. You guys are beautiful. We love you. Have a great week. I'm zipping
2: my pants up.
0: New episodes of Drive By are available every Saturday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and everywhere podcasts are found. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash drivebypod. And follow us on Twitter at DriveByPod. This has been a presentation of the Nearfall Network. Until next time. Bye!